0: In And this series is is about, and the byline is is how to be the church. Because here's the big idea. Jesus did not call us to just go to church or attend church or join a church. In fact, you may have heard people ask you uh, over the years, what church do you go to? And look, you know, you don't have to be that guy. But technically, that question shouldn't make any sense. What church do you go to? The answer, but don't say this because... Don't say this, but in your head say this. I don't go to a church, I am the church. And uh, God's planted me in Elevate Church. Um, But that's the big idea, that we're not called to go to church, we're called to be the church. And so what we're gonna do over these four weeks, uh, four Sundays, is just look at four of what I would say are the big rocks, not the only things of what being the church looks like, but four of the big rocks uh, of what it means, like a bit of a how-to series, if you like, to to be the church. Now, I'm on record on multiple occasions as saying that if it were up to me, I would not have created the church. If if I was to have thought 2,000 years ago, what is the best way to reach people and build people, my answer would not have been the church. Now, here's why. Let's say, hypothetically, 2,000 years ago Jesus rolls up on me and says, "Hey Mark, let me let me bounce something off you." Yeah, okay, Jesus. Go go. He's like, "I got this idea. I got this idea of how uh, when I'm gone, how we're going to reach people and build people. And, th- and this is this is how it's going to go. This is this is this is the idea. Listen up. Listen. I'm going to gather people from different countries, different demographics, with people with different personalities, different political affiliations, different ages, different uh, uh, family of origins, different sporting team affiliations. And here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to take them and I'm going to put them all together. I'm going to say, now I want you to be unified, and then I want you, you're it. I don't have a plan B. This is the plan. You to go and reach people and build people. What do you reckon, Mark? (laughs) I would have said, what do I reckon? Jesus, I reckon that is a terrible idea. Why? Why? Because it won't work. Are you listening to yourself? (laughs) And yet here we are, 2,000 years later, a group of people, and by the way, we're just one of many, many, many hundreds of thousands of churches that'll be gathering in various locations all around the world, and I mean literally all around the world, People of different cultural backgrounds, different ages, different political persuasions, different sporting affiliations, different personalities. And God's called us, and here we are gathered as Elevate Church for the purpose of reaching people and building people. So, seems Jesus was right. Who knew? But He he doesn't just call us or in this context of being the church, one of the things he calls us to do is to consistently gather as the church. And we here at Elevate do that for one hour, listening closely, one hour, not 53 minutes, one hour, 10 a.m. every Sunday. And, uh, but but if I asked you just a simple question, this notion of gathering as the church, and I just said, why do you think, just play this in your head, why, why do you think this matters? Why do you think, especially now, we've got podcasts and YouTube and live streaming and why why do you think God would say it's important for us to gather consistently as the church? Well, good news is if you're a bit like oh, I just come, I like the coffee, all right, fine, let me give you a few clues this morning, so if you've got our Elevate Church AU app, uh, you can tap the Bible tile, it's going to take you to uh, a book or a a written piece called Hebrews, now just before we get into this, a little shout out to our podcast audience all around the world, Uh, great to have you join us, we think of you as our extended Elevate family. And uh, number four country in the month of February was Bermuda. So uh, good on you, Bermuda. Next vacation, I'll be seeing you soon. Save me a coconut. This book of Hebrews uh, is actually an unknown author. There's a bit of speculation, but technically, or for the most part, most big-brained Bible people actually agree that the author is is unknown. But what is known is that the the audience that it was written for was most likely uh, Jewish Christians living at the time in Jerusalem. So you said Jewish Christians, and yeah, Jewish Christians, those whom, and this still happens today, those whom were Jewish people waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the Savior that they knew and and was promised to them thousands of years before. The the Jewish Christians were the ones, and it wasn't everybody, but the ones who had recognized and believed that Jesus was the very Messiah that they'd been waiting for. Now, he wasn't promised just to the Jewish people, promised to the entire world, but that's who this letter was written to. So it was early days for them. And they come out of the Jewish faith and the, the Jewish religious system. So a lot of this letter is written to them about what it means to kind of like, what things about the Jewish religious system can you probably kind of let go? One, what can you embrace? And what things are just a, a brand new, never uh, seen before? So some of that is like, oh, I don't know if that applies to us. I'm not going to get into that today. But there's, a, there's, a, a, there's three verses, and I want to drop us, drop us into that. Um that focus around the importance of gathering as the church. And in fact, let me put the slide up here because this is somewhat famous, but the whole thing's not famous, okay? And I'm saying, when I say famous, I'm talking about like church people, famous. The whole thing's not famous. In fact, in my experience, the famous bit is this one. Let's not avoid worshiping together as some do. Like it's like the middle P, verse 24, I'm guessing. It's not even a complete sentence if you understand punctuation. I know some of you don't. But if you understand punctuation, this is not even... Just, let's not avoid worshipping together as some do. That's not actually a complete sentence. But I have you heard it used time and time again as a complete sentence. And it's thrown at people the guilt curveball. Oh, haven't seen you at church in a few weeks. Well, you know, the Bible says, let's not avoid worshiping together as some do. And you're like, you're the reason you haven't seen me at church for the last few weeks. <laughs> First of all, it's not a complete sentence. Hope I've made that point clear which should give us cause to kind of, okay, zoom out and read the complete sentence. Secondly, it wasn't intended as a guilt-inducing lever that gets pulled on people that have sporadic church attendance when you bump into them at Bunnings. And in fact, this, if we zoom out, and I'm gonna zoom out this morning, gives us some very, very simple, straightforward, almost like, oh, I get it, yeah clues as to why the writer is so strong and so clear in encouraging people to consistently gather together and worship together as the church. So let's do that. Let's zoom out. Verse 23, keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. God always Keeps his word. God doesn't change. God's promises don't change. The moving part in this thing that changes is the idea of keeping a firm grip on the promises. You know, and I know, that's easier said than done. Because we're not in this place. The Lord is in this place, all that. We're not in this place 160 hours a week. We're out there. We're in the wild, and in the wild, we get people putting us down. We get people telling us what we can't do. We get people speaking words of death into our lives. We let ourselves down. We have thoughts that are some that are dramatically less than God's promises. Circumstances come across our path that actually blur our view of God and his promises, and that's just life. That's just normal. That, that's, that's every one of us. It, has that, and, and in the doing of that, you know, you know one of the things that, that causes some people to lose the firm grip is that God made a promise a long time ago, and they've been in the waiting room, and they're getting sick of waiting. And they're wondering, when am I gonna get called in? I've read all the New Idea magazines. There's nothing else to do. I've, lo- I've nearly lost the will to live with these New Idea magazines. God, when is my number up? And you're like, I, and we lose strength, and we lose focus, and we lose hope. And that happens. If it's happened to you, guess what? It's happened to every single person sitting here this morning at some point or another. It's easy to lose this firm grip. And in losing the firm grip, we can be tempted to let go. Even though God hasn't changed and God's promises haven't changed, the risk is that we won't keep a hold of those promises and ultimately experience those promises if we lose and let go of God and his promises. Now, Louis already alluded to it. Uh, you know this. For several days this week that we had, here in Perth, we had some very Instagram-worthy weather, okay? If you went onto the IGTV, you'd see these. Whoa, that's Perth? Yeah, it's Perth. Whoa. No, okay. Now, I have a barbecue on my back deck and it's kind of, it's exposed. So uh, exposure, barbecue, sun, weather, not good. So I have a cover, a a cover for our barbecue. This week, I'm sitting inside my house, hoping I won't wake up and have the words spoken to me. Mark, you're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) listening. and And I'm like, oh, no. The barbecue cover. I mean, if anything's gonna get blown off, it's gonna be my toupee followed by the barbecue cover if it's outside. So, and I'm like, no, it's cool. One of the advantages of being based in a, in a home office is, is no panic. There's no panic. The storms are going. I have no control over them. But all I needed to do is every hour or two just scooch outside, have a look, and check that the cover hasn't lost its grip, and if it does, I just kind of shimmy out there, put the Velcro pieces back together, and then go back inside. The storm's going to keep going, but the cover, even in the storms, even when it started to lose its grip, I was able to punctuate that by putting the Velcro back together, And, and then the cover lived to see another two hours. I know. I'm a good barbecue dad. But that's, what God, that's why God has designed the church to gather together consistently. Because you have very little control over the storms. And from Monday to Saturday, your Velcro is being tested. Your grip on God and his promises is being tested. It's being tested in your job. It's being tested with your health. It's being tested with your family. It's being tested with your finances. God wasn't, he doesn't change Monday to Saturday. His promises don't change Monday to Saturday, but our ability to keep a firm grip can be threatened by life, by storms, by circumstances. And God says, yeah, I know that. So at a minimum, gather together for one hour every week. Come together. This disparate group of people come together and help each other keep a firm grip on God and His promises. So, well, you know, some Sundays I'm feeling a bit flat. That's actually more reason to be here. Oh, you know, had a late night. Okay, well, at least we know what's important. Oh, you know, new Netflix series, pretty binge worthy. Yeah, but it, it, it won't expire by 2 p.m. Sunday. You, you have a remote control. It's why it's called streaming. You, you, you can watch it any other time, any of the other 167 hours a week. Well, we got up and, you know, we had an argument. Can't exactly feel a bit of like a hypocrite turning up to church having just had an argument. Let me tell you from personal experience, some of the most, some of the most, some of the most earth-shattering arguments, you know, Louie and I have been married 22 years, and for that 22 years, we've almost exclusive. this this is actually living where we live in Kensington and, and, and having a church in Rivervale, it's five kilometers. This is actually the furthest we've ever lived since we married from our house to our church. Like previously it was two kilometers from our last church. Now it's five kilometers. Even when it was two kilometers, the heavens and the earth would shake many, 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 many Sundays between when we leave the front door and we turn. That's why we now commute here in separate vehicles. It's that, did you, we, we, we've solved the problem. <laughs> All right, so, so this, is the, this is the right. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Then drops in the, the, let's see how inventive. This is the next bit. So we haven't done the guilt bit yet. We're not even up to the guilt bit yet. This is just zooming out to the front end. Let's see how inventive we can be In encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worship together as some do, titch, 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 but spurring each other on. All right. Buckle up, because what I'm about to tell you is going to blow some of your minds. It's going to be like, really? Yeah, really. Listen up. Did you know that some people work in jobs that, within the context of their workplace, they never get any encouragement from their boss. Did you know that some people work in jobs where not only do they not get any encouragement from their boss, in fact, the only time they even hear from their boss is when they've done something wrong. Do you know that? Do, Do you know some parents have kids insert teenagers, where the only time they hear from their kids beyond a hmm is telling them how they, much they suck and how out of touch they are and how little they know about the real world? How would you know? You're old, you're 41. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm 51, I'm not even halfway done yet. Do you know some kids are in or are no longer kids but grew up in families where they never received any encouragement. D- do you know that some people, the only married couples, the only time they hear from their spouse is when they're being told how what of a letdown they are? D- did you know that? No, you didn't, did you? It's like, really? Yeah, that's. <clears throat> We know that. We know that. We know that discouragement is popping out of the vending machine and you don't even have to push the buttons. It's coming at you in your job, in your family, in your marriage. In, it's coming at you. Okay, not all that, but it, 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 it happens. And we know that. And, and that's why when we gather every week as a church, and we start with music. It's like, oh, do we always have to start with music? Well, there's no rules, but, but, but we start with music because, because music creates an atmosphere and God's an atmosphere junkie. And by the way, so are you. And the reason that I know that about you is because the coffee shops you go to and the shopping malls you go to always have music playing. Trust me, gyms have it because they understand the importance of it in creating Atmosphere. And, uh, but it's not just the music that matters, it's the words that matter. So we are very intentional with the songs we pick. The words we choose don't go like this. I'm such a loser. I'm so pathetic. Nobody loves me. Except Jesus. So I guess... I guess, thanks, Jesus, because probably you shouldn't love me, but you do. Hallelujah. We We choose and we approach our preaching not not like this. Good morning, everybody. Uh, you suck. Get it together. See you next week. <laughs> oh, I mean, it would make my job so much easier if that's all I had to come and produce, but you know, I would need a three week staycation. to would be like, well, what I said last week, you still suck. So go and still get it together. <laughs> uh, when we interact, and this is one I, I've probably got the least control over, and, and, and I mean control is maybe the wrong word, but, but, but hopefully when we interact, we're not like looking for, for, for someone to play some games with, mind games, church games, religious games, you know, coming at people with a hidden agenda. Hi, how are you today? I bought this smile yesterday from Kmart. It's not real. (laughs) Instead, instead, very intentionally, when you walk in here before 10 a.m. and make sure you are BIS, bum in seat, by 10 a.m., ready to worship, you will hear music that is being handpicked with lyrics that remind us now now let me give you a little worship team music team 101 lesson here everyone ready 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 okay they teachers teach us here Bible college in pretty simple terms worship music you know church music has kind of it's kind of like three categories there's songs about God there's songs about God's promises and there's songs about who God says we are. It's pretty kind of general terms. But all of them matter. All of them matter. When we walk in here, we, we and you know, and here's the, here's the weird thing. When we're singing the songs to God about who God is, it's not like he needs reminding. Actually, thanks. Boy, had a rough week on Thursday. Thanks, Elevate, coming in and reminding me that I'm still on the throne. We declare to God that he's still on the throne because we need the reminder. Because we've been out there in the wild. We've been hustling. We've been in the storms. We've been at, so so we choose that. We choose words and lyrics that are about God and his faithfulness and his promises. Like, oh, these lyrics, they're always the same. They're about God and his faithfulness and his promises. Can't we sing like, yeah, hit me with a better idea. Man, I love that. I'm like, "Mm," plugged in. God, I'm reminding myself of who you are because you don't change. I'm reminding myself of your promises because your promises don't change. And I'm singing this song to myself that I can hear and be reminded of who you say I am because I've just come in from out of there where not everyone agrees with your assessment of who I am. All right, all right, I know I know. It's good, huh? Yeah. I've had a month to think about this, all right? <laughs> when we preach, we preach about future and purpose and destiny. We put stuff out that's helpful, that that you know it's kind of easy to feel like you're winning in life when you are here for the one hour as a church, because for the most part, no one's coming at you. The real, the real test and the real power and the real importance is walking out those doors and for the other 167 weeks and having stuff, having something to have a firm grip on, to say, you know, in my marriage, I can do this. In my job, I can do this. With my health, I can do this because I know who God is. I know what He's promised and I know who He says I am oh, that's what the preaching's about. We don't just preach stuff that's interesting. Well, you know, in the temple, there were seven columns, seven pillars. Let me show you a photo. Wow, wonderful. You can just go there. You can just in internet search. You don't need to be reminded of that. Seven pillars. What were they for? Holding the roof up. Oh my gosh, who knew? Wonderful. See you next week. And then, and then, and then, I won't be able to keep this up for another thirty-four weeks. All right, just so you know, I'm i I'm, I'm recharged. Uh, and and thank you. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm preaching a month's worth of messages in one minute. Um, let, let me and let me and let me. This is my observation, and I, I, I don't know if this is true for everybody, and it's not even something I can promise, but I hope this has been the experience for many of you, if not most of you. And, and I, know, I know it's probably not everyone, and if this hasn't been your experience, then you know, maybe we do have to do a better job at this. I get that. I'm not perfect at it. But in my experience, the average is kind of above 50% in my observation, in my experience, of... The ease, this is my, that, that there's an ease if you're, if you're willing to be here and be consistent and, and, and get plugged in. There's actually an ease of making fast friends here at Elevate. Now, we're not perfect at it, and some of you are like, well, I haven't made any friends. Again, but I'm just saying, I think it's over 50% on average. And if that's true, one of the reasons that's true is because when you encounter people that don't have a hidden agenda, you can actually let your guard down straight away. You can be your real self. I say to people, why would anybody who's got their guard up 167 hours a week want to come to a place where they have to keep it up for another hour? I'm like, this is meant to be paradise. This is meant to be uh, in Perth as it is in heaven. This is meant to be, I uh, coming to a T-shirt near you, I can assure you of that. You, (laughs) no, no, already trademarked. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Talking to you, Matt Devonish, no cardboard signs out there in Kensington this afternoon. This is meant, oh, wow. We sang about it. the Lord is in this place comes from this idea. Jacob was asleep, God was there the whole time. He woke up and he saw, My God, God was here the whole time. And there was a ladder, and, and angels were descending and, and ascending. And as soon as he saw that, as soon as he woke up to that, boom, here's the thing we are meant to offer that in our world, not just to each other, the Christian club, no, the church. That's reaching people and building people. That we're not going to come play games and have hidden agendas. And so when new people come in with scars and open wounds and, and dinged and dented and, and discouraged, that they can come in here and, 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 and let their guard down. Because when they let their guard in, it's not just that they're letting you in. It's that we trust and hope and pray that they're letting God's Holy Spirit in, who's going to cause them to realize who Jesus is and ultimately who they are. And the same God that's given you promises is going to be giving them promises that they can reach out because yeah. there's no defense. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Hall, who preached here, as most of some of you know, through February, he's just come out of a season where he got pretty dinged up. And Steve and I are good buddies and confidants, and this happened to him. And I said to him, like, it dinged up, and it required him to leave their previous church, and it's not my place to tell the story, and most of you don't even need to know the story, but just understand, he's dinged up, and him and his wife, Margie, displaced from a church, and I said to him, come and connect at Elevate. Just come and camp out. Like, pick a seat. It's not assigned seating. Some of you think it is. It's not. It's uh, <laughs> not. And just, and just hang out, and I said, and just hang out, and, and I'm confident, I'm, I'm not going to tell our church anything about you, I'm not going to ch- tell them your story, just come and hang out, and I'm confident, because of who we are, that we're people who are committed to elevating people, that, that you and Margie, you just be encouraged, people won't even know your story, they'll just do it, because that's who we are, yeah. that's what we do, and, and, and then I said to him, uh, and he, they did, they came here in January, just hung out the back, incognito, I said, Timmy, why don't you come? Like I said, I need a break. Our people need a break from me, so i have about you help everybody out and come and preach through February because you're you dinged up, but God still wants to use you, and I think in, in using you and, again, even having this exposure through the whole month of February, it's going to really be good for your soul, and, and here's what I didn't have to do because he said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. He accepted my invitation, be here for the whole of February. And and, and I left, so there was no adult supervision for the month of February. And here's what I didn't have to do. Here's what I didn't have. I did not, before I took my little three-week staycation, I did not have to prepare a dossier with names of faces for Stephen Margie to avoid. Like, okay, you're pretty dinged up. I want you to come and hang out. For a month at Elevate, I'm not going to be there to be your bodyguard. Uh, but, but here's 17 people. Memorize their names. Get familiar with their faces. And if you see them moving towards you, step away promptly. Because that's not who you are. And I met up with Steve on Wednesday, and we did the whole debrief. How was it? How was it? And, and, he, and, and you know, we got into some detail. But the thing that he kept on saying is, Margie and I, have been so encouraged during this month of February. It has fast-tracked our restoration like you wouldn't believe. And I said, yeah, sounds about right. So well done. Well done being yourself. Well done being the church. But here's the thing. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and sparing each other on. See, see. This writer is saying to the church, gather together, but don't just not be a douche. I mean, that's a start, (laughs) but but take it further. Like, be inventive, be inventive, looking for ways that you can encourage one another and spur one another on. And I got to tell you, this is not normal. Now, I'm a professional Christian, and I do a lot of my time and life inside the Christian bubble. I get that. But I also get that, that in the real world, encouragement and people speaking life and being inventive and in encouraging and sparing each other is not everyone's default. Yeah. And occasionally I get reminded of this and I'm like, "What?" Huh? we had a meeting some time ago, one of our teams, and there was a guest in, in, in that meeting. And uh, having the meeting and one of our team members, now we try to utilise uh, accessible technology that we do do it to sort of minimise sideways energy and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, it's not a tech lesson. Uh, one of our team said to me, oh, I'm really having trouble with this particular programme. It's so frustrating. Uh, uh, I'm not very good at tech. And I said, actually... I think you're much better at tech than you think you are. And this guest that was in this meeting literally, like yes. visibly, lost their lunch. Like literally, I saw a <laughs> poof, on the floor. And they went, looked at me. Now, I, I'm the hero of this story, but I'm not telling you because I'm here. i I'm, I'm playing by the same rules as you are. I hope that you have these stories to tell as well. I said, I, and they, I, they, said, they said, what did you say? And I'm like, I said to the, I'm not very good at tech. I said, I think you're better at tech than you think you are. And this person visiting said, yeah, that's what I thought you said. So weird. That's what they said. Weird? Like, what? But, but, But I could have, and I get it. I could have just let that comment go. And so here's what I want want us to do. I'm going to give us a little bit of homework. Church. It's kind of weird talking about being consistently in church to people who are in church, especially on a long weekend where the weather's so, as Louis said, delightful. I get it. So you're like, yeah, I know, Mark. And we could have probably left at 10.30 and fine. But here's the thing. I want to encourage us to be here for these four weeks And, and to bring something. To bring an attitude, a commitment, a posture of where you're going to be inventive. Put on the encouraging glasses. Look for opportunities. And people that need encouragement aren't necessarily walking around looking like this. If they were, it'd make things much easier. You're like, but they just, just, just listen to God's prompting. In fact, I'm done with when I say this. This is gonna sound weird. Just listen to the whole thing. One of my goals, personally, one of my goals in life is to, is to increasingly have people come to me and say, oh, Mark, Mark, do you remember that time when you said that word of encouragement to me? And I say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I cannot remember even being there because I'm doing so much of it that I can't keep score, and that God's using that to impact people even more than I think they might be impacted. Why don't you take that goal on? Say, so, you know what, two years ago, Matt, Matt, I'm picking on you today. Matt, two years ago, this is good picking on. Matt, two years ago, man, when we were just having coffee and you said to me, I was telling you about my job and you said to me, you know what? I think God's got some great things for you in advance. And, and then two years ago, and Matt's like, two years ago, okay. I can't remember because I kind of do that every week, which doesn't limit the power of it because it should be overflowing. It's just like this. And the more you use it, the more God fills you up and gives you more opportunities to do it. So anyway, here's what I want to do. Finish 1107. Yes, I'm over time, but I have not broken Steve Hall's record last week of 41 minutes. Stop looking at the clock. Jenny Green. How about we stand? How about we stand, Jenny Robinick Green? How about we stand? And we're gonna sing, we're gonna sing this song, Waymaker. And this is an example. And maybe some of you, when you walked in here today, this song has words that you needed to hear, that God is the God of promise and He doesn't change and His promises don't change. But you're here today and God wants to remind you of who He is and He wants to remind you of His promises and He wants to help you keep or re claim a firm grip on who he is and his promises. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website elevatechurch.me